Even before taking over as governor in 2021, Kathy Hochul had spoken out about the importance of childcare and making sure it's affordable for families and there is a vibrant industry available to provide care. And in light of a new executive budget proposal being released recently, we wanted to check in on the state of childcare in New York, including the governor's commitments to providers and families. To do all that and more, we're joined on the Capitol Press Room by Dee Dee Hill, Director of Policy at the Schuyler Center for Analysis and Advocacy, which goes to bat for low-income families in New York. Thanks for joining us in the studio, Didi. Thank you for having me. Well, before we get to the recently released budget proposal from the governor, I want to rewind to a veto from late in 2023, which blocked a measure essentially decoupling child uh, assistance from when parents are working. Why was this change important, especially for low-income families that might be working non-traditional schedules? The way that child care assistance works right now is that a family can only gain access to child care assistance during the exact hours that they are working or in school or in a training program and with a little commute time on either side. What that means is that parents who work um, in the in retail or in the gig economy who have fluctuating hours of work so maybe they work 20 hours uh, the morning shift one week and then the next week they're the afternoon and the evening shift they can only get childcare during those exact hours that they are on the job and what that means is most of them cannot find a child care provider who can accommodate those kinds of shifting hours. The way that child care providers are paid, they don't have much margins. They really can't have staff sitting around when all of their seats are not filled. So they just can't accommodate hours that are shifting. The other problem with the current state of the law is it's not good for kids. Kids, particularly young children, they thrive with consistent schedules. Young children do not like to be woken up from their nap. They do not like to be pulled away from a project when they are very engaged. And currently, that's what a parent who is receiving childcare assistance who has fluctuating hours, that's what they have to do. They have to yank their child out you know, immediately after their shift ends. And so we had legislation that has passed the legislature not once but twice with overwhelming support to end this practice and to allow parents to gain full-time child care assistance or at least pursuant to a steady schedule regardless of their work hours. It has passed the legislature twice with overwhelming support. It was this December 23rd, it was vetoed by the governor. Merry Christmas from Kathy Hochul. So in her veto, the governor articulated concerns about the cost of this type of flexibility. And I believe some of her budget officials have estimated that this could have a price tag of $170 million. Is that a reason not to do it? Or do you have questions about that estimate and its validity? First of all, this was not included in the governor's executive budget. And when we read the veto message and the message referred to for fiscal reasons, um, we were really hopeful that we would see language and investments in the executive budget, and we did not. 
as far as the estimates, um, I, I believe the latest estimate is about 140 million. You know, we haven't really dug into all of the assumptions that are being made, but but it is our understanding that the state is assuming that every child who is in part-time care right now would choose or their parents would choose to put them in full-time care. We think that that is not a fair assumption and for a couple of reasons. First of all, many children are in pre-K or other kind of part-time preschool and so they would be included in that group and right now they're just receiving sort of wraparound care, maybe morning and afternoons. Um, so they are not gonna go to full time. Um, it's also the case that families make a lot of different decisions for their children and lots of families, particularly with young children, prefer to have their children in part-time care. Well, before we move on to the governor's budget proposal, let me reintroduce you for listeners just joining the Capitol Press Room. We're speaking with Dee Dee Hill, the Director of Policy for the Schuyler Center for Analysis and Advocacy. So let's try the positive in terms of the governor's budget proposal. Is there anything that is good news as it pertains to the cost of care or support for child care providers? There's a lot of good news on the child care front. You know, the last two budgets before the 2024 budget that we are uh, we are in the midst of new york made historic investments in child care and this has resulted in dramatic expansions to access to child care assistance making tens of thousands of families newly eligible for child care assistance the state has also invested funds so that the copay, so if a family is able to access childcare, their share is um, much, much lower. Um, what this means for individual families, like a family could um, have last year been paying fifteen, sixteen thousand $16,000 a year for um, one child in childcare, and this year they could see their bill drop to $500. So these are significant, and the state it sustains these investments in childcare assistance this year. And so these past successes, though, these were largely the product of, what, federal dollars? Some of the federal pandemic assistance um, absolutely made up part of those expansions. And what we're seeing in this executive budget is New York State sustaining. So as the federal funds are, are uh, waning and running out, uh, the state is stepping up. Um, and so we're, th- we're thrilled about that. Um, what we don't see in this budget is any new investment in the child care workforce. And what would that look like that you would hope would be in a final budget deal? We need two things for the child care workforce. We need significant investments um, in supplements uh, to their compensation. And we need those investments to come with a promise that they will be ongoing. What we see in this executive budget is there is um, a proposal to continue workforce grants um, that were started last year, um, but using only leftover dollars um, that were allocated last year and were um, intended and needed by the workforce last year. So um, those funds were underspent and uh, what the executive is proposing is to just release a second one-time round 
of grants using those leftover funds. And this really is not what the workforce needs um, and not what providers need. It's not what families need. Um, we cannot turn around the workforce crisis with one-time bonuses. We, um, we can't build a pipeline of new educators when there is no promise that they can ever advance to uh, a living wage. And what's the ramifications of not making the investments that we're talking about? What does potential decreases in the number of childcare providers mean for New York? I, I, I mean, we, we know in many, many communities around the state um, that, first of all, there are insufficient providers to, to meet need. Um, and uh, we also are hearing um, that many providers are not even operating at capacity because of workforce challenges. So they have to allow um, rooms to, to stay dark because they don't have uh, staff to, uh, to allow them to you know, even operate at capacity. Um, and so without, without a sustained and ongoing promise to this workforce, we're really not going to turn things around. And what about on the cost side of the equation? Is there more that the state could be doing, either in terms of increasing subsidies, expanding eligibility for subsidies, calculating the way subsidies are figured out? Any, anything in this space? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, longer term, um, New York really needs to change the way that it establishes rates for childcare assistance. So the amount of money, you know, per child that the state pays to childcare providers. Um, currently, it's based on something called the market rate and it's, it's, um, it's a flawed model. It looks back at um, what childcare providers uh, charge to families and we know um, that that is deeply flawed because providers um, recognize that they cannot ask families to pay um, what they really need, need in order to um, provide high quality care and, and um, pay themselves and their workforce a fair and thriving wage. Um, and that is one of the reasons that um, the salaries are so, uh, have been kept so low for so long. It is, it is, and in the words of Janet Yellen, the Treasury Secretary, um, childcare is, it's a broken mar market. It's a textbook example of a broken market. So you cannot ask um, families to pay um, what it really costs to provide high quality care. And when we get back from the break, we'll talk with Didi about a pilot program initiated this year by the governor, which is designed to share the cost of child care between parents, government, and employees. And we'll consider whether additional regulations and oversight are needed for the industry in order to keep kids safe. 
And finally, we'll talk about making childcare funding more widely available so that all families, regardless of immigration status, have access to these critical funds. Support for the Capitol Press Room provided by the New York State AFL-CIO, a federation of 3,000 unions fighting for working people by keeping New York State union strong. Visit unionstrongny.org for more information. For listeners just joining us, we're continuing our conversation about child care proposals in and not in Governor Kathy Hochul's budget. And our guest is Dee Dee Hill, the director of policy at the Schuyler Center for Analysis and Advocacy, which goes to bat for low-income families in New York. In the current fiscal year, the state began some sort of pilot program that had a partnership between the state, employers, and parents, and this idea that you could share some of the the costs a little more broadly. Any sense of how that's working? It hasn't been rolled out yet. So not working? It hasn't been rolled out yet. Is that something that you have high hopes for? So this model is based on a pilot in Michigan and there's not a lot of data on how it has worked in Michigan. Childcare really does need businesses engaged and communities engaged and parents and, and government. I mean, it really is an issue that affects all aspects of, of the state and our communities. However, at the end of the day, and, and the state has made a commitment to move towards universal child care. So, um, a lot of lip service paid to it. Yeah, and uh, and really, the path forward really needs to be a unified, publicly funded model. So yes, there's some concerns that some of these pilots take away some of the energy and focus around what really should be a unified march towards universal childcare. Is there a role, though, from your perspective, for employers to take on more responsibility? the cost of childcare, or should we primarily think about this as a government responsibility? I think it's really important for employers to be at the table and to be talking, frankly, and whenever they can, about uh, the impacts of childcare challenges. They really need to be at those tables. Um, And I think also working together with communities to come up with solutions. But there are real concerns about leaving it to individual employers because what that can lead to are situations where middle class and upper middle class families who work for big employers, there's sort of one set of benefits and access that they have. And then for the rest of the community, there's uh, sort of a different model. We really will all do better and the sector will do better with one unified and coordinated um, system. 
Well, I want to turn to another proposal that is in the governor's budget, which is $5 million towards uh, this pilot-staffed family child care networks uh, for regions around the state with this idea of growing the capacity of family and group family child care provider. These types of uh, providers often operate small programs out of their homes for children uh, and maybe care for large portions of children and families are participating in child care assistance programs. What's your sense of this investment? Is this money well spent? Is this money where we should be thinking even more than $5 million? Family-based child care is a really important piece of the child care puzzle here in New York State. And family child care providers, they disproportionately serve families who receive child care assistance. Um, They also are much more likely to offer non-traditional hour care, which is care that is really hard to find and many, many families need it. So it's a really important part of the sector that needs lots of support. So always interested in proposals that can can support and bolster this, this part of the sector. As far as not knowing much about this proposal, I will I will note that it feels like there have been some missed opportunities Governor Hochul, when she, actually when she was lieutenant governor, she was chair of the Child Care Availability Task Force. And so that is a governor's task force. Um, it was reconvened in 2023. I very proudly am a member of the task force. And one of our charges um, is to really be looking at the big picture and be developing a plan to roll out universal childcare. Um, and we have been meeting diligently this you know, last year and where the task force should be releasing a report in the coming weeks. This is not a proposal that was raised and discussed, um, certainly not at length, but perhaps not at all, um, not in the, me- the committee meetings that I was in. And I think that's a missed opportunity because uh, we have this task force, there are a lot of experts in that room, particularly parents and child care providers, looking forward to the work ahead and hoping that we really take advantage of this opportunity to use all the experts in the room and and think together about some of these uh, longer term proposals. Is there anything else in the child care availability task forces upcoming report that should be uh, part of the budget conversation moving forward? The report is not finalized, and so I can't speak to any of the details. I, I can say that there is going to absolutely be a real focus on workforce. I think there is a real consensus that that is the next challenge that New York as a state really needs to tackle. Well, finally, we heard from Assemblymember Amy Paulin last year uh, about legislation she wants to become law that would require additional training for uh, inspectors uh, of child care facilities so that they can uh, detect when illegal uh, activities are happening uh, on site. Her bill stems from uh, the death of a young child when I think they were exposed to fentanyl. Um, what do you think of those types of training bills, as well as just sort of the oversight and hoops that child care providers and their overseers have to jump through? Safety is absolutely, you know, priority number one in child care. And it is appropriately a highly 
regulated industry. And that should continue to be the case. Going back to the Child Care Availability Task Force and some of these other sort of early childhood bodies that, that look holistically at, at the systems serving our children, I think it's really important for us to look in a holistic way at proposals related to, you know, inspections and regulations and requirements, um, just to, to make sure that they're all uh, you know, working in tandem and in, in ways um, that, that make sense on the ground. Um, it's super important to have child care providers and parents at the table during those conversations so that they can really um, explain how things work on the ground because sometimes, you know, it's different um, when you're doing this day-to-day -day and, you know, what we might uh, think, you know, or what, what might be stated on paper. Well, finally, before I let you go, anything else that you're hoping ends up in uh, a final budget? We were disappointed that the executive budget does not include state investments to end New York's practice of excluding children from child care assistance due solely to their immigration status. And, you know, we recognize that the, the governor has been advocating strongly to secure work authorization for newly arrived asylum seekers uh, and, you know, so that they can gain economic independence. However, we know that tens of thousands of these families have young children. And even if they are able to secure work authorization, they will not be able to return to work if they don't have high quality childcare for their children. So we are really hoping to secure investments in the final budget to end this, this practice. Um, all families who, who need childcare should be able to access it. Well, unfortunately, we're gonna have to leave it there. We've been speaking with Dee Dee Hill. She is the Director of Policy at the Schuyler Center for Analysis and Advocacy. Didi, thank you so much for joining us. I really appreciate it. Thank you. It was fun. Capital Press Room, a production of WCNY Connected, Syracuse.